This is Lee Wilkins, your co-host with Thinking Out Loud. Today's topic is dog sports or why you should do more with your dog than just lie around on the couch with him or her. With me in the KBIA studios is Elizabeth Dinkin, who is the administrator and instructor with Columbia Canine Sports Center. Elizabeth, welcome to Thinking Out Loud. Well, thank you, Lee. Okay. So my first question really is, when you're not just being a couch potato with your pooch, what are the sorts of things that people can think about doing with their dogs, and why should you be thinking about them? There are lots of things to do with your dog, and there's a lot of great reasons to do them with your dog. Um, we there's obedience, there's rally, there's nose work, there's sojourning, there's tri ball, there's fly ball, there's lure coursing, there's herding, um, dock diving. There's just so many different sports out there for so many different types of dogs. Dogs were originally bred to be helpers, most of them. German shepherds, Australian shepherds, briards were all meant to herd sheep and drive cows. Um, terriers were meant to help on the hunt and to catch vermin on the farm. Dogs love to work. They are more content if they have a job. They are less destructive if they have a job. They are fulfilled if they have a job. Dogs were meant to work in conjunction with humans. So if you can find a sport where you and your dog can work together as a team, you'll have a much better relationship with your dog. Okay, and you use the word sport. So why do we call them sports? Because they're active. Um, <laughs> you have to, you and your dog have to be somewhat fit to be able to compete. In agility, you have to be able to run alongside your dog and stop and turn and twist and go the other way. And it's kind of like a dance. Um, in herding, you have to have the stamina to keep up with, with the sheep and, and the dog. And the dog has to be able to work and to be able to hold the flock in fly ball the dogs have to be fast and they have to be able to turn on literally a dime on a small pad after they grab the ball um, so that's why we call it a sport okay so it's for it's and so the the benefits of it are it's good for the dog but within limits it's also pretty good for their human absolutely the more active you are the dog will make you more active the healthier you're going to be. We all know that. We all are told to get up and stand once an hour. We're all told to get up and walk around. Taking your dog on a jog or taking your dog out to a uh, earth dog den to make them go watch them dig, trudging up the hill and down the hill, you, you get a workout. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, how young can I start my dog on some of these? You, The performance foundations need to start as soon as you get your dog. You need to start building that working relationship. The you're going to get paid. Usually, we pay them in food treats. Mm -hmm. Some dogs work for balls. Some dogs work for affection. But most dogs we call food primary because everybody needs to eat, um, and most dogs love food and love to work for food. But you need to find the right motivator for your dog, and then working on getting them to focus on you and not to to go off and sniff whatever's piles on the ground. And the more you work them, the, the sooner you get them, the easier it will be to take those foundations and translate it into an actual sport. So, and I'm assuming, as 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 you know, I've got a newish puppy. So, and I'm assuming some of that is learning to come, learning to walk on a leash, which sounds easy, but in my experience is not it's always. It's very, actually very difficult. I have been dog training for five plus years now, and it is one of the most difficult things to teach 
because it requires the most consistency and we're all really kind of lazy and flustered and we just want to get to the car or get home or get to the point B and just stop, you know, and we just let them pull and it's, it's just takes a lot of time. Okay, so we start early, and if it's a pup, what do we what what do we start with? I think a lot of people think maybe you start with obedience. Is that where you began? Or yeah, you have to start with some obedience, um, and getting them to focus on you, and then following commands through. So we start with the basics: sit and down and stand, the come when called, the loose leash walking. But you can also start things like platform training, which works on their impulse control. And impulse control can be really big, especially when your dog hits their teenage months, which is sometime after six months and can be up to like a year and a half or more. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And adolescent terrier is a fun thing in the house. They're great. I love them. You got to love them, though, because they are just being who they are. But you have to work on that impulse control. So they go, I don't have to bark at that thing. I can come and focus on mom and I'll get rewarded for that. And that's that's a great place to trans to work towards. Okay, and so is this something that um, a person does once a week, um, once a day? Um, if you do it once a day, how long do you do it for? Con- consistency once again is the key. So the more frequently you can do it, the better your dog will learn. It does not have to be a long time. Five minutes a day. I actually recommend um, in my beginner obedience classes if you take half of their morning or night meal and you work obedience with them with that, they know it's a big jackpot. They're hungry. They know what's in that bowl. They're looking forward to it. They will work for you in your house. Take that five minutes, work them then. That's great. And then go to a class every now and then. That would be helpful too. Okay. So you mentioned the word uh, You mentioned the word class. So let's talk a little bit about Columbia Canine Sports Center. And probably uh, we should begin with it's had a little bit of a – history this past year (laughs) uh thanks to snowmageddon yes um back in january unfortunately our main training facility collapsed under the weight of the snow and we were crushed along with the building Uh, (laughs) um we have been working very diligently on reconstructing the building in fact the foundations got report a few weeks ago. The French drain got put in a few weeks ago. And today, the crew is arriving to start c- the construction of the new building. I'm so excited. I'm running out there after this to go take some pictures. Hopefully, I'll have something fun up on the website. Um, but, yeah, we are going to be up. Um, it's going to be a similar building. We're really looking forward to having classes back in there, getting the agility ring set up, um, having the barn hunt shed all all done up again. Um I can't wait. Okay. So what kinds of classes are there at Columbia Canine Sports Center? So I'll, I'll start you off with one, which it, it, at our house, we called it puppy school. Puppy school, yes. <laughs> we have, we, we, we go, we have a wide range of classes. Uh. We go from puppy, AKC Star Puppy class, all the way up to competition, agility, obedience, and rally. Our main focus is on the classes which will allow owners and dogs to have the best relationship, which is our AKC Star Puppy class, our Advanced Puppy class for dogs six months to a year, and then our Pet Manners one and two classes. Those are really designed to help you and your dog form a relationship and learn how to communicate and address issues like jumping and barking and potty training and all that that basic stuff 
so you and your dog can live live together in harmony. So if for some reason I have a pup and and I didn't didn't know about this or wasn't able to, I could start these classes say when the puppy is is 9 months old without feeling horribly guilty and like I've been a bad dog person. Absolutely. We we get dogs in of all ages. Um in our pet manners classes for dogs any any dog over the age of 1 if you want to whether or not they can do basic obedience, if you just want to get a better relationship with them. We get a lot of dogs who didn't get a lot of socialization or exposure when they were very young. And so they're very, they're overly excited by new dogs or new people, or they're scared of new dogs and new people. And we work with them to get them calm in new situations. Um, that's really important to do. I mean, it's never too late. There is no such thing as a dog who's too old to learn. Um, is there such a thing as an owner who's too old to learn? No, no. We will we will work with everybody. <laughs> I mean, that's really our goal. We want dogs and owners to have a great relationship. And then we have a lot of fun with our sport classes, our performance classes, um, nose work and barn hunt and obedience and rally and tracking and workshops and seminars and all that other fun stuff that we do. Okay, so I want, to dis- I want you to describe a class that a lot of people may not be familiar with and then one that I understand there's a lot of YouTube videos of. So let's start first with barn hunt. Yes. What the heck is barn hunt? Barn hunt is an awesome sport. Barn hunt was actually started here in Columbia by Robin Nuttle, uh, one of our students' instructors, um, I believe, I, and Robin will probably correct the date, it was 2012 or 2013 when we had the first trial here at Columbia Canine Sports, Sports Center. It is now an international sport with clubs all over the United States, Canada, and parts of Europe. Um, it's basically dog find uh, hide-and-seek. Okay. Dogs go um, and try to find a rat, live rat, that has been placed in a large, sturdy PVC pipe tube with air holes drilled in it. Okay, so the first important thing is nothing bad happens to the rat. Exactly. Nothing bad. The, the rats are actually pets. I have five of them myself. I love them. I take care of them. But I need to use them in a dog sport for the mm-hmm. dogs to just find and tell me about. The rats are placed in the tubes, and they get trained to do it. They uh, Over time, they learn that's their job, just like dogs. Uh, <laughs> they go into the tube. They The tube's... Um, closed up. The tube is then placed in a straw bale maze. Mm-hmm. The tubes are camouflaged, so they blend in with the straw, and then they're covered with a light layer of straw. The dogs go into the maze. They run without any collars or leashes on. They have to do a climb, off four paws, onto a straw bale. They have to do a tunnel, which can be just either a straight little tunnel, or it can have corners in it, so it's totally dark, depending on the level of the dog. And then they have to find a, a number of rats it can vary depending on the level that they're running at. Okay, and so how do you know that the dog has found the rat? The dog will indicate it. Some dogs are very dramatic in their indication. They will bark, they will paw, they will pick the tube up with their mouth. They will go, this is my rat, and I have it now. Some dogs are actually much more subtle. They literally stalk the rat, and they will point. And you have to be able to read your dog. This is why it's a partnership. Mm -hmm. You, You, the owner, have to make sure the dog has covered the whole area, and you have to be able to read your rat to tell the judge there's a rat there. And then the judge will say, yes, there is a rat. Or no, that's that's a blank tube. Or you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I know that your dogs do this a little bit. So, <laughs> yes. so, so where are your dogs in the progression of uh, beginner to level four? Uh, my, <laughs> current, my current dogs, I have two dogs who I currently trial with. 
Um, Seymour is my border terrier, just like your Luke. He is four and a half, and he is at the senior level. And then I have my baby dog, who is an Australian Shepherd, Leela, who just turned two on the 25th. Uh-huh. And she's in open. So Leela has to go find two rats hidden in the straw bell maze, and Seymour has to Seymour has to find four. So it's it's a challenge for them. They haven't quite figured this all out yet, but they have a good time doing it. Well, and so it's fascinating that actually this is something that got invented in Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I was I was unaware of that. Oh yeah, that most people are. And and Robin, Robin has done a great thing by by creating the sport um, because any dog can do it. Any breed, mixed breeds, mixed breeds make up the most, the majority of the dogs registered with Barnhart International uh-huh. or Incorporated, whatever. Uh, but any age, we, um, a friend of mine's Border Terrier puppy who is just five months old has started out doing the introduction to rats. Mm-hmm. He's not quite sure what this thing is, but we keep introducing him. And at some point, the light bulb will go off. And we've had, uh, I have had a, 13-year-old who's going to sign up for my barn hunt class this next session. So it any dog can do it. It's, it, it's great. Okay. So the other thing that I said we were going to talk about is agility. Yes. Um, and that is the thing that I understand is incredibly popular on YouTube, which is something I never knew. Yes. <laughs> so what's agility all about? And, and how do I, I guess I should ask, how do I know that my dog might or might not like agility yeah. other than I can't get them off the couch? <laughs> <laughs> agility is basically a running obstacle course for dogs and humans. The trick, the trick with agility, dogs will do almost all of the obstacles pretty much on their own naturally. There are a couple that are a little scarier. Uh, well, one's scary and one's just complicated. The teeter is, can be a little scary. Okay, and the teeter is really like a kid's teeter-totter, exactly right? Exactly, like a kid's teeter-totter. So they are, have to be taught to kind of pause in the middle to let the teeter fall down, and then they can run off of it. Um, we take a lot of time... In the skills class at Columbia Canine Sports Center, which is the class where we teach the obstacles, that the dogs learn how to do that drop so they don't scare themselves or get hurt. That's really one of our main focuses. And the other obstacle are the weaves. The weaves are not natural to go in and out between poles. Mm -hmm. Everything else, the dog walk is just walking on a tall thing. The tunnel, dogs love tunnels. Jumping, dogs love to jump. Going up on a table, doing the A-frame. Those are all very natural for dogs. So we took very natural um, activities, and then we threw in a couple of hard ones, and that's what makes up agility. Okay, so, and how much of this does a human have to do? Does the human have to do the teeter-totter? No, the human just has to run alongside and direct the dog. This is where it becomes a challenge, because while the dog can do all the obstacles, getting them to do the order in which they've been laid out makes it a challenge. The handling portion really becomes the majority of your training once you get the beginning foundational skills down. Um, thing, doing things like rear crosses and front crosses and blind crosses, telling your dog to take the A-frame and not the tunnel that's right t- tucked right next to the A-frame uh-huh. is the challenge. And the cross means when the dog walks across where you were headed? Yeah, or... we, you, sometimes you have to like make a turn. How do you make the dog do that turn? You know, and come go the way that you you know the course is going to lead you. 
Okay. And so obviously this is something that I would think that most dogs, while they might do the obstacles kind of naturally, getting getting the dog to do things in the order in which they're supposed to happen, I assume that's what consumes a lot of the work with yeah, the dog? Yes. And, and finding the motivation. Um, some dogs are not natural jumpers. My oldest dog, my Labrador, I tried agility with him and he wasn't his cup of tea. Uh-huh. Anything with his nose, that was his cup of tea. Now, m- both my um, border, coll- border Terrier and my Australian Shepherd, they love it. They love to jump. They love to, to do the, the, the game with me. We, uh-huh. it's, we make it into a game, so it's fun for everybody. Okay. And so do you do this primarily with with food or with praise, or does it work differently for different animals? It works differently for with different dogs, and it at at the beginning, it's very food heavy, and then they learn that they enjoy the sport, and so then doing it is the reward itself. Okay, and other than getting my dog on YouTube, I assume that this is also something where there are there are trials. Is yes, that right? There are there are many venues that have trials. There's AKC and UKC and oh, I I can't remember all the other ones, but there are many different venues that host trials. A, uh, um, Aska Australian Shepherd Club uh-huh. also has it. Um, so yeah, you, you there are agility trials going on almost every weekend somewhere near you within a couple hour drive. Uh-huh. And so if I wanted to teach my dog or to see if my dog was interested in doing any of mm-hmm. these things and I I'm at Columbia Canine Sports Center, so now what do I do? I obviously go to the website, but then I sort of need to figure out which class comes first, first and all yes. that sort of stuff. We have two foundation agility foundation classes that we require everybody to take because there is a safety issue involved. They have to take Agility Foundation skills and Agility Foundation teamwork. The skills class teaches the obstacles, going up the A-frame. And we start off very low. We start off with wobble boards and ladders to get the dogs to realize, oh, yeah, I've got back legs back there, and I, I need to know where to put them. And to get them on uneven surfaces and stuff that moves so they learn, oh, this isn't really so bad, and I can totally handle this. Um, and then we move up to the full-size equipment on lower levels, and then we move up to the full-height equipment. So it's a progression. Um, the teamwork class teaches the very basics of handling, how to direct your dog to turn left, how to get direct your dog to turn right, what a line cross looks like, what a front cross looks like, what a um, rear cross looks like. Okay, and so when I'm when I'm handling my dog, am I doing this with my dog on a leash, or is this something that the dog is off the leash for? At the very beginning, when you're still using food, the dog doesn't quite understand what you're doing. The dog is on a leash. As 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 you do this over a couple of, you know, first we have teamwork, and then we have uh, contacts we use on obstacles, and there's a jump class that we recommend. And then we get into beginning handling. By the time you get to beginning handling, your dog will be focused enough on you and the course that you can run your dog off lead. Okay. And since you are one of the people who trains, uh, so let's say I decide I want to do agility with my dog and my dog is, and I am a rank beginner. Is this something that it's going to take me six weeks, six months, a year? How, how, what's my sort of level of necessary commitment? It depends. Well, also depends on your lo- your level of commitment. <laughs> uh, if you decide that agility is the best thing in the world and you have to do it, 
you're going to have to take at least one, two, three, four, five, six classes. So that's six times six weeks uh -huh. plus a couple of break weeks in there. Uh huh. And they're not you wouldn't, but you wouldn't take all those at no, once. No, you. So that so it's a progression. Uh huh. Um, so I would say you'd probably a year with a lot of practice on your own. That would be going out and working on your crosses and getting the dog to be able to work away from you and focus on you. Um, Leela is currently two and we are still, we just hit the beginning handling class mm -hmm. um, because we're doing it. The journey is part of the reward. Yeah. Seymour has trialed a couple of times and he's gotten one leg. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And when you say trial, you mean you've kind of like, taken him to, I'm going to use a bad word, you've taken him to kind of like a dog show where I've, somebody else evaluates him? I've taken him to, to a, a, it's called a trial, where there are different levels. Seymour is currently competing at in, in agility at the novice level, and there's several different kinds of runs that you can do. It's, it gets very complicated. I suggest <laughs> you go read the rule books, everybody. Um, he has gotten one leg in, I believe it was standard, which is, has all the obstacles in uh -huh. it. And which means he, he ran the obstacle course, he did not knock down any bars, and we did it within the time limit. Okay. That's what a qualifying run looks like. Okay. And I assume, because it's like everything else, you can take your dog, who you've worked with and worked with and worked with, and then they get to the trial, and it's like new and different, and they'd really rather go eat hot dogs over someplace else. And They'd rather just sniff the grass. Because, well... That's one of the things that happened is I took him to, to a new place to go trial and they had AstroTurf and we don't run on AstroTurf ever. And so it was like, what's this new thing? I've got to go sniff it. Oh, what's over here? And I've got to go sniff it. So trialing, actually, you start off with expecting your dog just to sit there and go, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. But the more times you take them and the more times you they will realize, oh, mom is setting up to do the jump. I will do the jump. And then it kind of all just comes together. It's that practice makes perfect thing. Okay. And I know that probably for many of the people, I, I know when I first got dogs, which is like uh, shortly after the dinosaurs died out, um, I thought the first thing you did was obedience. So probably we should talk a little bit about obedience and why it might be great for everybody or not. And what's the difference between maybe obedience and rally, which are the two things that seem kind of related they, to me. They are. Um, there are actually, I'm going to, actually break that down further okay we have pet manners obedience and rally and pet manners is our basic classes which teach your dog to be a good pet and you to be a good owner and how they can go out in public and not be pulling you across the parking lot and jumping in a dog's face or jumping up on people how you know that's basic pet manners how to be a good citizen obedience is a little more specific um, we start to talk about competition obedience where there are trials and it is very fo formal and the dog is in heel. You don't get to talk to the dog at all. It's, it's very strict. There are, there are a certain number of exercises you have to do um, on leash, off leash, around a figure eight of people. There's usually a recall. There's a lot of different parts of it and it's very kind of strict. Rally is this great in-between thing. It's got signs, so it's a course, mm -hmm. and you and your dog walk up to the sign, and you do what the sign says. So it will be like a sit or a down or a 
do a 360 left, and then you walk to the next sign. And that can be a, oh, a front or front and then have the dog come around into a formal, a formal uh, return. So it's a bridge between pet manners, getting your dog just to focus on you, uh-huh. and this competition obedience where the dog is doing nothing but focusing on you and is in step with you every second you're out in the ring. And you can talk and rally, and you can um, encourage them. You can do little sing-songy things. Um, and it's a lot of fun, and it's it's a great bridge. It's really a fun little go out, do this little course with your dog. You get to build this up, this little relationship, and and I really enjoy it. Okay, and and there and like um, like agility, there there are rally trials, yes. right? That are that are part of dog shows or separate from dog shows. Usually, there when you say dog shows, there are many different types of dog shows. When people say dog shows, they're usually re- referring to a confirmation show. Like Westminster. Like West, exactly. Where you're looking at the dog's structure, you're mm-hmm. looking at the dog's coat, you're looking at the dog's you know personality as they are shown. That's a confirmation show. Uh, usually, you can have obedience and rally trials associated with the confirmation show. Not necessarily. Okay. Um, you can have them on their own. You can have just an obedience trial, and you can have just a rally trial. It all depends on how the club or organization who is putting on the trial sets it up with the AKC or the UKC or whatever venue they're going through. And I am assuming that I don't. I can have a purebred mutt and still do rally or, or obedience. Yes, actually you can. AKC has a um, canines partner program in which you can register any mixed breed dog and mm-hmm. they can compete in any of the, these sports, which is fabulous because a lot of people this way, they get to do something with their dog. They, they're they right up there with the purebred dogs, but you do not have to be a purebred dog to compete. Okay. And in our last few minutes, um, Elizabeth, tell us again, how do I find out about Columbia Canine Sports Center? What do, what do I do if I want to Go look at it, which is under construction. Yeah, actually, <laughs> please don't go look at it right now. We, we, we've been told we can't go on the site while the construction is happening. <laughs> okay. But um, we have our website, which is Columbia, the letter K, the number nine, sportscenter.com. We're also on Facebook. You can look at, look at us there. Uh, I try to post all of our events and activities on both places. Sometimes I'll forget one and I'll get the other. Um, that's really the best way to check out what we've been doing. And classes are in six weeks increments? Yes. Our classes meet for one hour a week for six weeks. And the the sessions, um, we have seven sessions a year. Our next session starts on September 9th. And the new student orientation is actually going to be this Thursday at um, 6 p.m. at Trowbridge Livestock Center. I have to do a shout out to Trowbridge. They have been fabulous. We've been able to rent it for our classes while we've been in this limbo state. And they've just been so accommodating to us. And it's been such a great space for our classes. I cannot thank them enough. Oh, thank you, Trowbridge. <laughs> okay, so Elizabeth Dinkins with Columbia Canine Sports Center. Thank you very much for filling us in on athletic endeavors for you and your dog. Well, thank you. This is Lee Wilkins for KBIA's Thinking Out Loud.